the whole situation that happened with this friend was kind of like ripped open a wound for me. Yeah. Something that I thought I understood was like, oh, of course I, you know, I have faith and I'm gay. That's how I've always understood myself to be. That's not challenged. Then having this called into question by, again, like one of my, my oldest friend in the whole world, one of my best friends, it was like, okay, now I need to re-examine kind of everything. I was like, where is she coming from? Because I know she's not, she is not a hateful person. Mm -hmm. So she has something that has informed this belief. What is her church preaching? I literally stalked <laughs> what this church was preaching and like what it was saying about the LGBTQ community. And I was like, all right, cool. They're saying that. Well, like, let me get my own books. And like, I want to really do some research here and do like some like soul discovery. When I was growing up, I was always told that I was too much to handle. I was too loud, too opinionated, too demanding, just plain too much. Now, as an adult, I celebrate these qualities within myself and within the women I know. This is a call to action. This is a space to own your too muchness. This is too much to handle. Hannah Cranston, the host of Too Much to Handle, where we talk about the amazing, the raw, the ugly, the painfully funny, and just plain real truth behind being a woman in your 20s and 30s. These are the conversations you're already having behind closed doors about everything from sex and dating, career pros and woes, to body issues. And we're just airing them. They might be too much to handle, but that's what we like. And today I'm going to be way too much with the host of Refinery29's Creeps and Geeks, the singer-songwriter behind Six Feet Under All the Same, and my friend Grace Baldridge. Hi, Grace. Yeah, that was such a nice little intro. It's truth. That wow. is that is what those are your That's credits. what I'm doing now. Yeah. I know. It's just been a while because we've known each other for some time and we our career paths have changed significantly. Like I don't even think. I remember telling you that I was writing music. I know, and I had and I, no like, idea. It was a you confession. Sang? Yeah, it was like a confession thing. Thank I was you so for nervous to tell people. in me. Yeah, so it's cool to be like sitting here and be like, yeah, I like released it, and I'm there's more stuff coming out soon. So it's incredible. So everybody go listen to it because it really is just like beautiful. You have oh, a beautiful voice. Thank You're you. I'm like sweating. Soul. That's so nice. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> um, and I'm so proud of you. And I think there are many times in our friendship where I've felt that pride um, for you and to be your friend. Um, and there was one particular moment recently where I felt that um, most prominently. And uh, it was because this photo that you had tweeted oh, out yeah. <laughs> uh, went viral. It was picked up by Today, GMA, BuzzFeed. You were interviewed by all these people. It was everywhere. It was like ABC. Everybody had picked up this viral photo. And it was a picture of you and three girlfriends, right? Yeah. At prom. Yeah. Next to you and those same three girlfriends at your wedding. Yep. And the uh, caption was, Dear Grace at prom, I know you're afraid to come out to your friends right now, but don't worry. They're going to be your bridesmaids one day. I'm like tearing up just reading that. And I've looked at this photo many a time. Yeah. I mean, that was really 
powerful. I didn't know that it would be. I was on the honeymoon and we were just getting some photos sent over. And one of the girls in that photo sent me those to, um, to like our group chat. And she's like, whoa, it's so crazy. Like, look at how far we've come. And seeing them side by side, I, we were just about to go to the pool, my wife and I, Mm -hmm. and I just kind of thought of this little caption, tweeted it out. And I just didn't expect it to connect with people. But I do think that, um, it was able to sort of showcase some of the amazing friendships that I've experienced, Um, And I was really happy to talk about that and sort of shine a light on some awesome allies that I've been so blessed to have been in my life from an early age. Many of, like most of the girls, actually all the girls in that photo, I've known since I was eight. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you, uh, in one of your interviews, you said, I feel a little bit of heartache for that kid that was privately so lonely and sad. And I wish I had known then that it all works out. Yeah. So do you think like by talking about that, that you're providing that, hope for, for other, you know, young kids and young people in the LGBTQ plus community? Yeah, I don't know. Or I mean, are you I, too I, modest to think of that? I don't know. I, I think that, um, there are way more resources now than when I was going through things. And I'm so grateful for that. If someone were to stumble upon my story and find comfort in that, then mm-hmm. it, it would mean a great deal. Um, and I also understand the importance of visibility. It's something that even though I'm not entirely always comfortable with it. And I, I don't really think I share that much of my personal life, really. I don't have like an active, um, YouTube channel, but I do recognize that, um, it just representation and visibility is so important. So if there's any way that I feel comfortable in providing it, cause there's, there are so many people that are doing it in such awesome ways that I, I want to add my voice to that too. Cause you just, you never know who might need to hear it and see it. And I think especially with regards to a wedding, mm-hmm. that was something that was just, it just didn't exist. I remember seeing the Ellen and Portia wedding mm. and recognizing that that was like the first time I was seeing that in the real world, not in maybe a movie I'd seen it maybe, but I, I can't even think of that. And just seeing Ellen and Portia and the fact that Ellen wasn't wearing a dress was huge for me, just seeing that possibility. But, um, you know, my wife and I are just normal. We're not celebrities like Ellen and Portia. So at least sharing our story, like, hey, if you are not a celebrity, like, please, you can have it too. We're all, it's all normal, you know, things can happen for normal queer couples. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your wedding a little bit. Yeah. Because you're Episcopalian, Mm -hmm. your dad is a reverend, Mm -hmm. you were married by a I don't know the terminology here. Pastor, priest, priest, priest. Yeah. Um, and there was definitely. I mean, I attended your wedding. You it was did. Beautiful. I cried a lot. Oh, you're um, so cute. <laughs> cried a lot. There was definitely a, a lot of talk of God and Christianity. Yeah, during it was a religious ceremony. ceremony. It was for definitely sure. a religious ceremony. So you know, how was that for you? Mm-hmm. Thinking about the process and and incorporating that into your wedding was that a no brainer, or did yeah. you think about it? Yeah. So it was definitely a no brainer for me, and I'm really fortunate in that because um, being raised in the Episcopal Church, they have had a pretty clear stance of being affirming towards the LGBTQ community for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with um, just gay couples being part of our church, um, having positions of leadership within the church. So that was all very normal to me. Seeing my parents respond in kind was a huge sort of example. It's a different thing to come to terms with yourself, but at least to just see uh, queer visibility in the church, it never felt off limits until, Mm. um, honestly, like, 
quite recently, I started reconciling and realizing how fortunate I was and the bubble that I was raised in and kind of wanting to break, um, break away from that and learn more about the relationship between, um, the Christian church and the LGBTQ community. But with regards to our ceremony, it was absolutely a no brainer. We belong to a St. Aidan's in Malibu, shout out St. Aidan's. Uh, it's a really small, cute little church in Malibu. And, um, it, it was always been very important for Lizzie and I. When you were younger and you were in the church and you were seeing, you know, members of the LGBTQ plus community within your church, mm-hmm. um, before you came out, did your religion come into play at all? Did you think about that as part of your coming out story or? Um, I, I did a little bit because I remember asking my dad before I came out, just sort of why was it okay? I know in the church Mm. that I was raised in that it was okay, but why? Because when I would search online, I would like be alone in my room, just searching on YouTube, everything that would come up when I would search in like lesbian Christian was all either negative or stories of like, I used to be a lesbian, but now I'm Mm. a Christian. And I was like, wait, why is there that separation? Mm -hmm. I wasn't seeing um, the representation of people who identified as both. So I did remember, I do remember having a conversation with my dad about why was it okay? Cause I need, cause I was hearing all the reasons why it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then I was just living in this environment where it, everyone was accepted and included. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but wait, they have, they're citing Bible verses. Like what are our, what are our verses? Like what are, what are we citing? What's our evidence? And what was his explanation? Um, it was, it was honestly like pretty simple. The Episcopal church is based on like four, um, oh man, if he's listening, he's going to hate this. Cause I think it's like tenants, basically like core beliefs, which is, um, you have faith, scripture, tradition, and reason. Mm. And I think when you take a historical eye to the Bible and you observe context, um, and also the fact that Jesus never mentioned or condemned anyone that would have been like queer adjacent. Yeah. Um, I think that it becomes pretty clear that it's just a non-issue. That's, that's the belief of the Episcopal church. Um, and that's sort of based on the reason and the historical context that they look at within the Bible. A lot of people will look at sort of, um, hard and fast black and white. Um, and I, I think that they're, that's, pretty difficult to do um, because then you come up against other things like, okay, well, science. And uh, I think if we don't apply reason- or like stoning women or eating yeah, shellfish. I mean- Yeah, it's, it's hard to be consistent if you are- really, if, you, if you're not applying reason, if God gave us these curious minds, why are we so to limit ourselves when we're looking at an ancient text? Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. That's a, that's going to be, I'm mm. going to write that one down. Girl. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I, I think it's interesting because I think like kind of what you mentioned, looking at online, right. And seeing what's written and what's been spoken about when talking about um, sexuality and and the church or and religion in general. And for the most part, a lot of religious groups are seen as pretty unfriendly to the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Pew uh, Research Center actually did this study with or did a survey with LGBTQ plus um, people. And they uh, kind of like ranked, I guess, like the unfriendliness of different religions. So 84% of them said that they viewed the Muslim religion as unfriendly to the community. Uh, 83% said the Mormon church. Uh, 79% said the Catholic church. 73% said evangelical. Uh, 47% said the Jewish religion. And then 44% said uh, non-evangelical Protestant churches. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you probably, the Episcopalian fits in that 44%, I assume. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
but for the most part, you know, religion in general is seen as something that is relatively unfriendly yeah. to the LGBT, yeah. LGBTQ plus community. And you see that in the statistics as well. Like LGBT adults are less religious than the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is that the majority of them actually are religious. So about 52% of people within the LGBTQ plus community are Religious, but we're not, we don't talk we don't, about that. We don't that. hear from them. They don't, yeah. they don't want to hear about us. Why, why do you think that is? I, I think it's because we are, uh, we we're complicated. We, if, if we're agreeing that um, so much of this sort of dialogue is, is black and white terms, mm. the fact that I'm a queer Christian totally confuses that. And it's so hard to um, appreciate nuance, I think, for a mm-hmm. lot of people. And and I also think it's it's challenging and it's intimidating um, to, to maybe challenge your beliefs that you've had that have been so affirmed by the community that you're in for years and years and years. So, you know, queer Christians sort of throw a wrench into that. And they, they are, um, or we are effectively uh, calling into question um, what they have come to understand and what is probably a source of, a source of comfort of like, okay, well, I know that this is, has to be true. This is always, this is always true. And these are the people that we other, we other these people and that's just, it's accepted. And then like, because their sin is like greater than my own. And then you, you find all these ways to um, make it okay for us to Mental not exist. Yeah. yeah. And we, and we do exist, but if they just ignore us, then, you know, you know, who, who, who else is talking about this? It's, it's kind of something like we, we were talking about this earlier. I do not think I'm a good Christian. I don't think I'm a expert on the Bible whatsoever. I never want to carry myself off in that way. Mm -hmm. But what I, what happened this past year was that I had a, a very, one of my best friends in this whole world blindsided me and said that she had her reservations about my marriage for religious reasons. This Mm. was the first time that I was like, what? I was like, girl, like, I'm a Christian too. What are you talking about? Like, what is going on here? And I and I just got to this point of like, I, I'm a queer Christian and like, I know I'm not alone. And then you look and you like try and find these other outlets of like other people that are maybe around my age that have got to kind of find some common ground. And I'm like, where are we? I know we exist. I know we're there. I know, but like no one wants to give us the time of day. No one wants to sort of address that it is different. It is, you know, it, and so I, that, that's kind of where I'm at right now is like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm a great example of anything. Right. Seriously, I really don't. Um, but I, I know who I am and I know that I, I would have loved to have heard of maybe someone like mine that had wrestled through it and that had found an identity as a queer person of faith when I was younger, because you just, you just don't see it. It's literally like I was a lesbian and now I'm a Christian, or it's like, I'm a lesbian and I hate Christians for probably very good reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but what about the duality? I can't be the only person experiencing this. And I know I'm not because I'm married to another gay Christian. <laughs> the two of you. Or the two of us. Start a community. We are definitely not the only two. <laughs> no, no. And I, and I think that's important to, to recognize, right? Because I think everybody is a walking contradiction. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like we all enjoy things or like things or are things that are seemingly contradictory. Right. I mean, that's what this whole show is about. Like, I feel like my whole, like I hate the patriarchy, but I like love men. Like that's a little confusing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I love feminism, but I'm not a great feminist. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mess up all the time, but people really struggle in sort of like, 
accepting that gray area yeah. or accepting that fluctuation between mm-hmm. your identities. Um, and I think that sort of like accepting those contradictions within ourselves and within others is really, really important. Yeah. Um, you talked about sort of like wrestling with some of that as, as a younger person and maybe mm-hmm. still today. How did you sort of like overcome that? Or how do you cope with that now? Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's kind of a good question. I, as I'm not sure how I do, I, I guess I, I write a lot of music mm-hmm. and I've, especially like the past two years, I've been writing a lot more than I knew. So before I started, the, the whole situation that happened with this friend was kind of like ripped open a wound for me. Yeah. Something that I thought I understood was like, oh, of course I you know, I have faith and I'm gay. That's how I've always understood myself to be. That's not challenged. Then having this called into question by, again, like one of my, my oldest friend in the whole world, one of my best friends, um, it it was like, okay, now I need to re-examine kind of everything. I was like, where is she coming from? Because I know she's not, she is not a hateful person. Mm -hmm. So she has something that has informed this belief. What is her church preaching? I literally stalked (laughs) what this church was preaching and like what it was saying about the LGBTQ community. And I was like, all right, cool. They're saying that. Well, like, let me get my own books. And like, I want to really do some research here and do like some like soul discovery. And, um, so I think it's like, I, I write music. I, I have really awesome friendships. My my dad um, went to Yale Divinity School. So he's real educated. And when I ever have questions, I sometimes I'll just kind of like, like throw up my hands and be like, dad, I don't know what to do with this. Like, mm. what do you think? Because there are, there is like a lot of biblical texts that if devoid of historical context, you'll be like, whoa, that's, that's real damning. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that like, why wouldn't you look at the Bible as a historical document? It to me, it just makes so much more sense that way. Right, right. That's really interesting. Did when you, you know, obviously you talked to your dad about this, but did you end up talking to your girlfriend about it? Like, how do you how do you go about that discussion? Because she's essentially saying like your ability to fulfill your you know happiness destiny yeah. is not something that I validate. I don't know. To be honest, we're still working through it there have been efforts made to talk. Um, oh, you're not talking. We are, no, we, we had one, we had one major phone call and- How did um, you respond in the moment? Um, we were both crying mm. and uh, I had a feeling it was coming because she wasn't responding to texts and stuff. And um, we were both crying and I just remember, and I really do feel this way today. I said, I know this is hard for you and I love you. I know this is hard for you and I love you. And I don't think that, you know, I, I don't think that she has, is like hateful. I, I don't know what's going on. And we kind of left it like that. And like, I've sent letters and like, there have been texts here and there, but to be honest, like, I don't know where we're at right now. And I, I don't think it's the end of the story, but but I don't know. Well, yeah. TBD. I have no idea. I think that must be a fear for a lot of people, you know, when they, you know, express something that maybe other people don't agree with, right? That fear of losing people in their life or upsetting them or disappointing them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do you, is that the first time that you face that? Yeah. I'm actually really fortunate. I mean, I, I did have, um, 
a, one time I was going through a breakup with a girl and in the conversation, and I think she's, you know, a really good girl, but I just remember she said, she's like, well, you know, my dad is really religious, so this would never work. And I was like, oh, your dad's religious? My dad's pretty religious too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so like you, so that was kind of the, there are only like a few, a handful of times, again, I'm really fortunate that I've experienced that. Um, but it's, it does, it really does stick with you. And I think especially because I, you know, Previously, I, I had thought that she would have been my maid of honor, her and my brother. Mm. So it was like, it was just the most. So she didn't come to your wedding at all? She did. She oh, came she, did. she came to the reception. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And how was that for you? We spoke briefly. Um, and like, it, it the, the weird thing about it is, is she that. she still wanted to support yeah, you yeah. in a way. It's, I think like between both of us, it's weird because it's like, I'm talking about like her to you more than I've like talked to her in this past year. Mm. Um, but it's all love between us. I really do think that it's like, we just don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Cause ostensibly like she'll probably marry someone that will have a similar value system as she does. So like, he's not going to want to hang out with a lesbian couple. Like really? I don't know. I mean, like, well, it's not like she didn't know you were a lesbian before. Right, right, right. So, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, it's just kind of unclear, like, where, where do we go from here? Like, do mm. you, like, you you might say that you want your kids to, like, know me and meet me, but, like, do you really want that? Like, what would your church say? I don't, I don't know. Because it's like, you can be, fr you're, like, putting kind of a boundary on, on friendship, friendship, and I don't really get that. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, and it, I think it's something that people face for, for, Different reasons, sure, right? Whether, sure. you know, that's their beliefs about the LGBTQ plus or like right now politics Political are beliefs, really, yeah. you know, separating people and creating, you know, gaps and friendships and things like that. And yeah. it's sort of figuring out how you can value a friendship and love somebody, even if you don't necessarily agree with them. Mm -hmm. I don't put those two in the same category. I know what you mean. I know what you mean though. They're obviously very, very different. Yeah. Um, but I do think that I think a lot of people can relate to that obstacle. Well, and, and this is what I've sort of pinpointed recently is like, I have one of my best friends in this world. I disagree with him on almost every single issue. Mm -hmm. He knows that. Um, I, and, and I love him very much and we are great friends. Um, I think what is like hard for me to work through is that I was blindsided. If she had been mm. up front from the jump about this, or if when she had known that there was this shift, if she had t spoken to me about, about it then, I think it might be a different situation. I don't know because I don't actually, this is the first person that we would have that disagreement with. Yeah. Um, but it was the, it was the blindsiding where I was like, I don't, this is a, it's a, my trust is broken. Yeah. You know, I mean, think of the conversations that we've had over the years and it never came up. Yeah. I, I also, I, you know, because of your career, mm -hmm. you have more of a public persona. Right. And like, I mean, at least I know, like we face BS constantly every day and I, like all day, every day. And so I think both of us have probably built up walls and built, you know, thick skins. But I think because of that wall, when I do let somebody into oh, yeah. my inner circle, 
it hurts that much more Yeah, because I'm like, wait, I let you in, you know, I'm sure that I totally relate to that. Yeah. I think that, I think that's totally true. And I don't know about you, but like my, my like really close circle of friends is quite small. Mm-hmm. And many of most of no them, I have no friends I've, really. You have, you have You're Tucker. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. But I know, like, I know what you mean. It's like, once you let someone in, it's, it's a different level of betrayal. Mm-hmm. So and this was something, someone that I'd known since I was two. Yeah. So and I'm like, sure there, there's many people, you know, within the LGBTQ plus community or who are going through things where there's going to be people in their inner circles who are going to betray them in that way. Yeah. And all I would be say Judas, is like, if you're, you know, yeah, be a, little, be a little Judas. <laughs> be a little Judas, I guess, for the topic of this episode. Yeah. I think fits. that the ex- the expression you hear like chosen family is so real. Mm. Like there are, there are people that I am not, you know, biologically related to that are like damn near cousins, like aunts, uncles to me. And um, a chosen family is so, it is so important, I think. Um, if you've, if you have sort of experienced any sort of isolation or being othered by a community, like there is a family out there for you and it is your chosen family and they're so special. And so for that family and for that community, how can we sort of like change the way that we view uh, religion and mm. and the queer community. Um, so glad you asked. As as polar. Okay, so there are a couple. There's this book that I would recommend. It's a little dated, but um, it was very helpful for me. It's called Gifted by Otherness: Gay and Lesbian Christians in Church. Mm. Um, and it's it basically there's so many books about why you can't be gay, why you shouldn't mm-hmm. be gay, and why God hates you for being gay, um, or why God loves you but hates. You know what I mean? That's yeah. all that sort of like a. Uh, fidgety sort of talk. But this was a book that I found that was really uh, helpful. Um, here's something I'll read from it. It says, it's comical really when people describe the mid 20th century household in terms of biblical family values. The biblical family was typically a poly- polygamous household. The stories of incest and mayhem are numerous. And in fact, the household was much larger than just the people who were biologically related to one another. It typically included slaves and assorted hangers on. Um, and then also to remember that only in the 11th and 12th centuries did marriage begin to be considered a sacrament of the church. Furthermore, romantic unions were very recent that really we only started seeing in the 20th century. So when people come at you for like biblical family values, it's total BS. If it was biblical family values, you'd be getting married off at 15. Yeah. Wow. Snaps for you. I mean that you're, you're so right. And I think like holding ourselves or holding oneself to something that was written 2000 yeah. and what, 19 years ago <laughs> um, is absurd, Yeah, right? We don't uphold ourselves to other values, but why do we get to pick and choose? And, uh, you know, further, I think it's really interesting, especially within, I mean, oftentimes when we talk about sort of the um, dichotomy of religion and the LGBTQ plus community, we're mm-hmm. talking about um, people who are more right-leaning, right? We're talking about yeah. conservatives. Yeah. But I also think that the more, you know, left-leaning progressives like have a really hard time with people who are in the LGBTQ plus community who are also religious. Like oh, 100%. they struggle with I that. Mean, They're like, how could you be, possibly be too? Are, are we allowed to like talk about TYT? Go for it. Okay, girl. Um, so uh, I remember every time there'd be like a religious segment on the main show with TYT, with love to everyone at TYT, it was always sort of like, well, this little whack, whack over here, like, well, let's have, let's have Grace explain it. And the truth is, is that I believe very strongly in the mystery of faith. There's so much I can't explain. There's so much evil and awful stuff in this world. Yes. 
the only thing I, I want to make sure is represented is that if you are a queer kid who has found comfort in a loving God, and then you figure out who you are and you come out and you're told that you can't have that God anymore, that is so dehumanizing and awful. I want to be a voice to say that you can have that God. If you find comfort in your faith, you do not need, like no man can take that away from you. You don't need to explain it. Yeah. You don't need to explain your faith. You can believe in whatever it is. If that gives you comfort and that helps you cope in this world, mm -hmm. who the F cares? Yeah. Like, why do you get to determine what somebody believes or not? And whether that goes along with who they love or sleep with. I mean, that right. just like doesn't, that doesn't compute for me at least. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of um, the rhetoric within the progressive and, and left-leaning party is very anti-faith and mm -hmm. very, um, you know, all about being an atheist. And like, that doesn't make sense. Like, how could you possibly believe all because that? Because it, 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 then again, it sort of takes into account that Christians don't believe in science. I absolutely, mm. because I believe that we were gifted with these curious, wonderful brains and everyone has a gift and a talent that they can bring to understanding this world that is so mysterious. I don't understand. Like, why is that difficult to reconcile? Or why is why why don't we hear about that more? I love science. I believe in the separation of mm -hmm. church and state. And I'm a Christian. And I, I feel really strongly that, you know, uh, Christian values um, are the way that I, I choose to live by. Yeah. No, I, I think that's important. I think as a society, we need to sort of move away from trying to put others in mm -hmm. boxes and trying to like, I guess, like put their identity on them. Like yeah. you get to decide your identity. Nobody else in this world gets to determine your identity. But I think we as a society feel this compulsion yeah. to put labels on others. And if they're doing something that you feel doesn't fit that label, to relabel them. Yeah, or to take it away. They'll be like, well, she's not really a Christian because X, Y, Z thing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, you can't really say that. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, like, how do we, I mean, I, 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 I want to, like, end on a positive note, yeah. right? Like, how do we like, how do we fix this, right? I mean, half of LGBTQ plus uh, survey respondents from that survey that I mentioned before, 49% say that the best way to achieve equality is to become a part of mainstream culture and institutions like marriage. Mm. Um, but an equal share say that LGBTQ plus adults should be able to achieve equality while still maintaining their distinct culture and way of life for like LGBTQ plus bars, pride events, et cetera. Like, what is the, yeah, the recipe I mean, there? That is a huge question. I was I was just talking about this the other day because we, you know, we have so- Could you just solve bigotry right yeah, now? Yeah, can we just solve Could it? You so, just, let's just lay it out. Thank so you. So much of like queer culture is an oral tradition because our history just wasn't mm. really well documented. Mm -hmm. um, and I really feel strongly about preserving our culture. Um And, but, but I also understand, um, especially because I-, I participate in a marriage, you know? So, um, I don't know. I think it's something that we'll, we'll have to see how we navigate it, but they just, I think appreciating, um, the duality and nuance, um, in queer identities, you know, and, and not trying to, uh, box us in anywhere and that we might fit into surprising places and then we won't fit other places. Um, and just accepting all of that and um, I would just say, too, knowing that there are so many affirming um, religious institutions, we don't hear from them enough. They are usually not as well funded as those um, that are hateful because, you know, uh, misery loves.
loves company. And so the haters are always going to have a party. Um, but I, I do want people to know that those resources are out there. And again, um, if you're uh, a queer person of faith, whatever um, faith belief um, or belief system, just know that you're not alone and that uh, we're, you know, we're out here rooting for you and um, you will, you'll find your place in time. I do believe that. Oh, I love that. Um, okay. Just to finish off, I, my yearly goal, my intention for this year is to remain curious and really tap into that. Okay. Um, I like so that. So I want to ask everybody who I have on the show, ask my friends uh, about big questions. So I'm going to give you five rapid fire questions that you can answer with one or two words. Um, and the first one is, what's one thing you couldn't live without? Water. What drives you? Um, creativity. What keeps you positive? My wife. What or who inspires you? Kindness from strangers. Oh, good. I like that. Um, what is your intention? That could be for today, for tomorrow, for your lifetime. What is your intention? Mm, uh, time is short. Do the best you can with the time you have. Oh, I'm like chills just hearing that. <laughs> Grace, thank you so much for oh, coming on. Oh, thank you on. so much for it having me. It's always such a pleasure I'm so to see honored. you. I'm so proud of you, Hannah. You said at the top about how you're proud of me. I'm so proud of you. Thank Seriously, you. this is just, this is amazing what you've created and I can't wait to see what the new year brings for too much to handle. It will not be too much to handle for me. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. And thank you all for listening. Tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can follow me at Grace Baldridge uh, everywhere that there is social media. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Also, please, please, please rate and review this podcast. I'll be giving shout outs and reading some of your comments. So be sure to do that. And just a reminder, we'll be coming at you every Wednesday. So buckle up because it's going to be too much to handle. See you next week. Ah!